You're now listening to the Browns Wave Podcast. Here's Mayfield throwing, and it's Odell Beckham Jr. in the clear. 35-40, he's to the 50, he's running to the 40, he's going into the end zone. 10-5, touchdown, he's arrived back in the end zone at MetLife Stadium. 89 yards, OBJ. The Browns are one for one on third down. Baker's got the snap. He's up in the pocket. He's looking left. Down the field. Firing. He's going for Landry. Down by the end zone. A tumbling catch for a touchdown. Wow. Second down and 10. Takes the snap. Gives it. Chubb runs. He's to the 10. 15. He's to the 20. 25. 30. 35. 40. 45. 50. There goes Chubb. He's to the 30. 20. 10. 5. going on guys welcome to the first ever episode of the browns wave podcast i'm your co-host um, grant pushkar um, i'm also joined by the main host um, brad stainbrook also known as browns wave brad how you doing today man i'm good man stuck uh stuck inside but other than that i'm good how about you i'm good myself man we're also joined by um jack fitzsimmons also known as fitz fitz how you doing today my man doing all right spent a good time with the fam and uh staying healthy it's all that matters for sure, man. We guys, we are also joined for the first episode of the Browns Wave podcast um, from ESPN, ESPN Cleveland's Jake Trotter. Jake, how you doing today, man? What's going on, guys? We we're good, man. You know, like I said, staying healthy. You um, you stay holding up down, staying safe and healthy with the uh, coronavirus stuff going on right now, man. Staying indoors, uh, running out of ways to entertain the kids, but trying my best here. Absolutely, man. It's a it's a tough time, you know, just with if everyone would just stay inside, you know, we'd be back to sorts, we'd be back to normal life, you know, as soon as possible. But we got a lot of great Browns content coming for you guys today. Um, so Jake, man, what are your overall thoughts on the Andrew Barry press comment from Friday? You know, there's a lot that went into it, a lot of different things he said. So just overall, what what were your general thoughts on that press conference? Yeah, there were a lot of topics that were covered. <clears throat> to me, it wasn't anything groundbreaking. You know, there wasn't any any really any kind of news that came out of what he said, I, I thought, you know, a, a few things that were, that stuck out to me is interesting. Um, the emphasis on the offensive line, you know, he, he made a point to say, you know, it's always going to start on the offensive line for us. We want to be a, I think the phrase he used quarterback centric team. And you can't be that if you're not very good on the offensive line. So right. kind of reinforces the sentiment. I think most people have that you know, they're going to continue to make an S- investment up front, most likely with the 10th pick in the draft uh, to, uh, to, on top of what they did in free agency, uh, signing, uh, you know, probably the top right tackle on the market in, in Jack Conklin. So, you know, that stuck out to me. I mean, beyond that, there was a lot of like logistics talk, uh, how they're going to do the draft. Um, you know, I think they're going to be fine. People forget that Andrew Barry has a master's from Harvard in computer science. So uh, I think if anybody's equipped to deal with a malfunction or snag, uh, he, he would probably, as far as GMs go, be the, the one you'd feel comfortable about. So, um, you know, again, I think we're ready for the draft, uh, free agency has been winding down for a while now and, uh, will be interesting to see what happens. 
Absolutely, Jake. Again, I really appreciate you coming on today. Um, but with the 10th overall pick, obviously the Browns could go uh, a few different directions, stay put, move back, move up. Uh, what do you think we're, uh, we're going to do in that, in that sort? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of depends how the first nine picks go. But provided that there's either A, not a run on offensive tackles, or B, no offensive tackles get taken at all, uh, either of which I think is pretty unlikely. Um, you know, I think that they'll they'll stand pat and pick at ten. This is a, you know, a, I mean, you look at the the roster, the the, the depth chart right now. The, to me, the only glaring hole right now is at left tackle, and this is an excellent tackle draft. There are four guys I think that are worthy of consideration for a top ten pick. Um, you know, there are some teams that need tackles ahead of them, but not doesn't look like three or four at least. So I think they're going to have a chance to select from. A couple of different guys. Now, you know, let's say, uh, you know, something crazy happens, like Tua falls to the 10th pick. Um, then I think you maybe take some calls and see what, you know, people would be willing to trade. Uh, you know, let's say that you get to 10 and all four of your tackles are still there. Um, you know, maybe you, you, you might trade down a couple of spots and pick up an extra pick. But I, I think most likely it's going to be the Browns staying at 10 and taking their left tackle to the future. Yeah. Um, interesting. You say that, you know, staying put at 10, uh, one thing that's not going away this off season is Trent Williams. Um, and honestly, there's been some chatter, um, you know, on online about trading up for Isaiah Simmons and then trading, you know, the second or third round pick for, for Trent Williams. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think that at this point, Trent Williams is more of a contingency plan, more of a backup plan. Um, let's say that, uh, you know, let's say that, uh, you know, give me a scenario where all four tackles go, you know, the giants, uh, you know, take a tackle, maybe, maybe the lions for whatever reason, you know, don't take Okuda. I mean, something weird happens in the draft and you get to 10 and your guy isn't there or on the other side of it, let's say that, uh, like somebody like Tua falls to 10 and, and somebody's offering you, you know, so many picks that you can't pass it up. But I, th I think it gives them the flexibility to, to to be smart about this draft. They don't have to be desperate in terms of getting the tackle. But I, I don't think that that is plan A at this point, uh, like it was during the season last year with this regime. Um, and and you, it's understandable why. You know, Trent hasn't played in a year. It's not like you're just trading for him. You're trading for him plus a multi-year, you know, 18, 20, you know, $21 million deal contract, um, which really limits your flexibility going forward. Uh, you know, can he still play? I Maybe. We don't really know because he hasn't played in so long. And then on top of that, you have to give up at this point at least because Washington hasn't released him, you know, a pick. Uh, and I don't think right. they're going to trade him for anything less than a third rounder. So um, to me, I just think that the the better way to do business and, I, you know, I covered Trent Williams all the way back when he was in college. I mean, he's a tremendous player, but uh, I think I think just given where your timeline is with with some of your other stars, um, you know, given what you have uh, up front in terms of younger guys, and it's not a lot. I, th I think to me, the better course of business would be again to stay pat, you know, take the guy you like the best, and then just move forward with him as your, you know, left tackle of the future as part of your young core. Right. Um, tight end position, honestly, obviously the Browns going out to sign Austin Hooper, um, honestly on a left field, honestly, not a lot of people saw that. Um, do you think the Browns will continue to keep two tight ends with, uh, Njoku and Hooper? 
that's the plan. That's the plan right now. And it just goes to show how things have changed for them in, in just the last few months. I mean, I, I think if the previous coaching staff, the previous front office had been brought back, um, there was very little chance that Njoku was going to be part of that team. Uh, but now, you know, you, you've got guys in the front office who, uh, you know, were part of the, the the group that drafted him originally back uh, in 2017. And this is an offense uh, that, that they're going to run that needs two tight ends. I mean, the Vikings used uh, multi-tight end sets more than anybody in the NFL last year. I think it was like 57% of the time. And then you just look at how bad the Browns were uh, statistically analytically at the tight end position for Baker Mayfield. Uh, they, they, I think they're going to need, you know, another guy uh, there for now. So again, I mean, I think if, if you get an offer, would they listen? Yeah, I think they would. Uh, you know, if something comes up on draft night, I think, I think they would listen, but it's not a situation where they're looking to dump him right now. He's part of the plan going forward. Absolutely. And there, there's a lot of potential there, you know, with David Joku already being a big target, a lot of people will also say that, you know, Baker didn't have as much success last year because uh, David Njoku was kind of in Freddie Kitchen's doghouse, you know what I mean? So it's it's all going to depend on, you know, how that works out. We also need David Njoku to be a solid, you know, blocking tight end, especially because, you know, Austin Hooper is going to be that number one guy getting all those red zone target, targets excuse me, in the end zone. Uh, but moving on to the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, outside of Miles Garrett, we're all super excited to have Miles Garrett come back after facing that indefinite suspension. Um, what do you think, Jake, is going to happen with the edge position? You know, guys like specifically Olivier Vernon. Um, obviously, it came out that he doesn't want to take less than $15 million a year. What are your thoughts on that, and what do you think they're going to do with Olivier Vernon moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think that that everybody just assumed that they were going to cut him because that's a big number and none of it's guaranteed. And, and usually in situations where you have that come up, you know, you see the team maybe move on. But you know, at the moment, you know, based on everybody I've talked to, um, you know, there's really nothing going with Everson Griffin. You know, we, we've had the clowny stuff the last few days. But again, I just think that, you know, he's had a micro fracture surgery. He's got another surgery on his other knee. And to sign a guy like that to big money on a multi-year deal, big, big guaranteed money, and, and not having the ability to bring him in and look him over, have your doctors look him over. Um, I think that's what's going on with Clowney now, not just with Cleveland, but the entire NFL. And, you know, if he wanted to sign uh, like an 18 million one year deal, then then I think that that's different. But, um, you know, to me, and and you just talk to people around the league, I think that the belief is that he's going to he's going to wind up re-signing with Seattle because that's the one team that has his medicals. And and, you know, I think that. Uh, you know, he had some success playing for them. I think they would like to have him back. So if, he, if he's going to sign a short-term deal, it feels like Seattle is going to be the team uh, that he goes to. So, you know, if that's the case, and then, um, you know, I think Claiborne is, uh, Adrian Claiborne was a nice signing, you know, a guy that is underrated as a one-on-one pass rusher. But um, you know, he's more of like, a, you know, your third guy. So I think right now, I think it's probably more likely than not that Olivier Vernon's the starting defensive end opposite Miles Garrett when the season starts. And yeah, he is a big number, but they have the cap room right now to absorb that. That's not a big deal. And he's not going to sure. affect their cap going forward like, a, like you know, signing somebody like Clowney would. So um, the contract actually makes sense because the team has total control. They wanted to bring him back next year. They could. And, you know, I think we're all a little bit jaded on – Olivier Vernon because we didn't see him do anything last year but 
know, this is a guy that, that has had some moments with the Giants and um, I think a guy that can still be effective. Um, you know, if, if, if all things were equal, you know, of course you'd rather have somebody like, like Clowney. Uh, but given the, you know, extenuating circumstances with uh, the way this, uh, you know, COVID-19 virus has affected visits, I, I think it's kind of a difficult thing to gamble on. Absolutely. No doubt. Yeah. I, I really quickly want to bring it back to the offensive side. So what's the deal with Hollywood Higgins at this point? Because clearly he has a chemistry with Baker. He's been a big playmaker in times that we've needed him. They, they formed a chemistry in second team offense back in early 2018 before Baker became the starter. Why aren't they re-signing him? What's going on there? I have not heard a thing on Rashard Higgins, not only with the Browns, but other teams. I mean, I, unless you guys have seen something I haven't, I mean, I've asked around and you know, his market has been very cool. So I know um, Buffalo, Buffalo, I know Buffalo had some interest, but they just interest, signed, but, I forget his name. Right. And then, and then nothing came of it. So, right. um, so that, you know, I, I, uh, I mean, I know last year there, there was a lot of, there's a lot of talk of uh, like, why, you know, what, what's the deal with Higgins? Why is he going to be playing more? And really, you know, you, you talk to some of the coaches, I mean, really, they just didn't think he was good enough. They thought, Callaway was better. Um, they thought some of the other guys were were better. I don't know if I agree with that, um, but that's the way they felt. And so, you know, I don't I don't know that there's this this huge uh, push internally to 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 bring him back. But I mean, he's a guy that can be effective. They need a third wide receiver, although it's less of a a need in this new offense where they're going to be allotted you know a lot of two tight sets you know, two wides, two tights. So, um, you know, it's a great receiver draft. Maybe you see like, you know, if there's a guy you really like in the you know third or fourth round, and maybe that's your, your number three guy and you move on. But I, I have not heard anything. And, and I just, I don't know. Um, and I think that might be for a reason, you know, he's just not a guy that's, that's very coveted uh, on, on the open market right now. Right. Um, real quick, circling back to the draft. If you were in Andrew Barry's shoes, who are you taking at 10? Who do I think they will take or who I would take? Who would you would take? Well, um, I think they all have interesting we're talking in you know, talking about the tackles. Right. You know, interesting strengths and, and and not necessarily weaknesses, but you know, questions. So like somebody like Wills played right tackle, uh, even though he was a blindside protector. So immediately, you know, in the NFL, can he make that switch? You have to project a little bit there. You know, Tristan Wirfs, who, uh, you know, I think has the chance to be a star, but more so a star on the right side. So, again, you're kind of in the same, you know, same boat. Um, Makai Becton is, is tremendous upside for a guy his size and athleticism. And uh, so, I mean, I, I think they'd be just fine if that's who they got. But to me, um, the guy that, that I think makes a lot of sense for the Browns, who are going to want to try to make the playoffs next year, um, need a guy that can come in and perform right away. And I think the safest of the four with that respect is probably Andrew Thomas. Um, you know, he's a guy that has a lot of tape competing at the SEC in the SEC at a high level. Um, and I think that he could step in and give you quality left tackle play from day one, not to say those other guys couldn't, but there's just a little bit more uncertainty because of where they played and who they played against in college. So uh, that that's the way I would go. And if I had to guess today, that that's the way I think the Browns would go as well. Do you think Andrew Thomas is there at 10 though? Yeah. I mean, so I, you know, the giants, 
you know, team you, you hear at tackle, but I think that they are in on, on Werfs. Uh, you know, Arizona could be a tackle team. Um, you know, I, I don't know if, if Andrew Thomas would be an option for them. They might be more of a, of a, you know, a Jedrick Wills type team. Um, you keep seeing Tampa Bay and all the mocks that I've seen end up with, with Thomas at 14. Um, so I, th- I actually think it's pretty likely that, you know, you, you have Worfs go, uh, you know, you'd have Worfs go to the Giants, Wills to, I guess, Arizona, Thomas to the Browns, and then um, uh, uh, Becton to, to Tampa Bay. I think Becton and Thomas have a very good chance to end up at either Tampa or Cleveland. Absolutely, man. Jake, one more question before we let you go. What are your thoughts overall on this, um, you know, this whole virtual draft and how Roger Goodell came out? He's going to have to announce, um, you know, the first round from his basement. It's just I'm I'm excited for it because as obviously with all the stuff with COVID that's going on, you know, just really excited to have something to look forward to, especially in the sports world. But what are your thoughts on that? I talked to Dane um, Brugler earlier a little bit, excuse me, and he said he's just kind of worried about um, you know, John Harbaugh came out and said, you know, the hacking stuff. So what is, what's your biggest concern with the virtual draft? Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, something like that obviously would be, a, you know, just a total debacle. But, you know, if there right. was any kind of interference from, you know, third party interference, um, you know, I, I think that they're going to do everything they can to to obviously prevent that going in. I mean, you know, to me, you know, I go back to free agency and there was some talk like, do we push free agency back? You know, what kind of, you know, what kind of uh, uh, tone is that given what else is going around? Are you, you know, a little bit tone deaf? And I was a little bit surprised how, how much of a respite it was for everyone, including myself. Like, you know, now instead of just watching the news all day, you know, I was covering free agency and it was nice to kind of, uh, you know, do something else. Um, and, and it seemed like the fans were, you know, excited to have something, uh, you know, to, to follow other than, uh, you know, the, whatever was happening with the coronavirus. So I think the draft, especially when you look out into the horizon, like other than the, the, you know, the horse thing that was on ESPN uh, on uh, Sunday night, like, I mean, what sporting events are out there? Right. This is it. This is going to be it for a while. I mean, at least certainly to, you know, to the, you know, mid middle of the summer at the earliest. Right. So uh, I, I think it's going to be cool. I think it, it'll be, you know, fun for us to, to cover and, and watch something, uh, you know, sports related, even though it's not an actual game. Um, so uh, to me, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And it should be fun for Browns fans um, because they have a chance to really make their team a lot better. Absolutely, man. Well, Jake, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you for coming on and talking some Browns with us. Like I said, you know, the uniforms come out on Wednesday. We're really excited for those as well as the draft. So again, Jake, guys, Jake Trotter from ESPN, ESPN Cleveland. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, guys. Good luck with the podcast. Appreciate yeah, it, man. Thank you, Jake. Man, you know, these these uniforms that come out on Wednesday, I, I'm praying, you know. I the, the retro, you know, we've seen so many mock-ups, um, but I'm praying they're retro. I think that's the way we're going. I have not seen them, um, but people who have seen them have told me that it is retro, and we're going back. Uh, he, to- he told me, actually, this is pretty interesting. He said the, you know, the older Browns generation fans, they'll love them. They're going to fall in love with them so quick. But he said, you know, you know, the younger generation, he said they might think it's too plain. So it's going to be interesting. But I think overall we're going to be happy Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very hard to please everyone at this point. But 
the Browns franchise and uh, fans seem to be the only people that care this much about the jerseys, but that's why we're Browns fans. We love it. Absolutely. And, you know, Jake, you know, he's Jake Trotter. He's a, he's a great guy, obviously. I'm, I, that's the first time I've ever talked to him. But, you know, Brad, you're a little closer with him. You know, he has great coverage. And you know, he made some good points in there, especially, you know, about that draft there's so many things and there's not there's no there's no really guarantees um you know stranger things have happened to where you know the browns won't get their guy or you know people trade up in front of them but all the quarterbacks in their draft and all the teams in front of us really help us overall um my guy is definitely andrew thomas um which jake brought up a little bit so brad man if you had to you know one guy right now who's your guy at number 10 who are you going with i'm i'm with jake i'm i'm taking andrew thomas um, but I don't know. He, Jake, Jake sounds pretty certain he's going to be there at 10. And I just, I don't know. Um, we'll see less than a, a week away. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Yeah. It's really tough to say at this point. I mean, I, I believe Jake, I think we're going with Andrew Thomas at, at 10, but honestly, from my perspective, I want to see that Trent Williams and trade up for Isaiah Simmons acquisition. I think that's best for us. And I've heard multiple players on Instagram live say that that's what they want getting Isaiah Isaiah Simmons. So we'll see what happens, you guys. But uh, I believe that Andrew Thomas will be there at 10 and we'll take him. Absolutely. Um, Another another interesting thing Jake said was the Jadavion Clowney situation. He thinks he's ending a back up in Seattle. What do you guys think about that? It makes sense, honestly, because that's the only team that has its medicals during COVID. So definitely. You mentioned the medicals. I, you know, a lot of people, I was, you know, writing a couple articles for Dolly Pandelli and stuff like that. You know, I wrote about Everson Griffin, obviously, um, was a name circling the Browns a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, he's not going to be a Cleveland Brown. Um, he's older, but I just like his fit. You know, he was with Joe Woods for about three years already in a prior defense. You know, he has the ties to Kevin Stefanski from Minnesota. So the, the chemistry and obviously the experience with, you know, the coaching staff was there. But now, since he's out of the picture, um, Jadavian Clowney, you know, he wants less now. So I would not be opposed to bringing him on for like a one-year deal because clearly if he's not on the team right now, I, I, I feel like that just shows me that, you know, he has he's going to have to sign a one- or two-year deal to essentially it's going to be a prove-it contract for him to be able to, you know, again, once that contract's up, whether it's a one- or two-year deal, to be able to then sign a multi-year, multi-million-dollar contract. So Fitzman. I know you probably have some different thoughts on that, but I just think, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to the Browns bringing him in on a one-year deal at all. I wouldn't be opposed. It kind of comes down to the fact of, do we really want another big-name star like this? It's tough to say because we want the talent, we want the star power, but at some point, there's too much of it. We need to decide. We have the cap space, most in the NFL, but do, what do we want to do with that? What direction are we going to go? I want. I actually wanted to talk a little bit more about Hollywood Higgins because – Maybe I was numb to the facts because I've not really understood the notion of he's not good enough. Because when I watch Hollywood Higgins play, I see him make those third and eight catches for 15 yards when we need it most. And he has that chemistry with Baker. So what do you guys think about Jake saying the coaches just don't think he's good enough? Yeah, I, I get both sides, honestly. I get where Jake's coming from. And Fitz, I know that's your guy. Like, and 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 he's proven he's good. So... I don't know if there's something we all don't know. Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. He, you know, Higgins, that first year, Baker's rookie year, there's just something there, you know, when it comes to Baker and Higgins, as to your point, Pitts, and, and Fitz, and you too, Brad. It's just, you know, 
even in, against Pittsburgh, you know, he um like he he was a difference maker. And I brought up I was going to bring up Pittsburgh because the division games, you know what I mean? Like he was a difference maker. He had that long touchdown against the Ravens in that game. Um, he just made Baker better, and I definitely think the talent's there. I just think I just from the bottom of my heart, I think there's something that that we don't know. Obviously, it hasn't come out yet, but for them to not re-sign him and go after that guy, and you're going to get him for cheap now just because he's been on the market for so long. Brad, you mentioned the Bills. Um, he was tied to them, but just the fact, guys, that he is not on a team yet just shows me that you could still go out and get him for cheap. So I really have no idea what's going on with him, but I would love, absolutely love for them to go get your guy Fitz because he makes our quarterback who is coming into a year where he needs to play better once again because there's some they're starting to get some more, you know, the flurry of the doubters, the is he the franchise, is he this, is he that. I think Hollywood Higgins would, you know, just complete that and put him in a wide receiver room with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Look out. I think that has the potential to be very dangerous. Absolutely. I think he's the X factor we need. Absolutely. Yeah. All good points there. I just, you know, from, you know, from the way he came into from the first game he was in there to Baker, um, the Browns weren't loaded. They had Jarvis Landry. And then after that, you know, the wide receiver room was so thin. They were signing guys left and right. They had guys injured. And Higgins was the guy who stepped up, you know, made big plays. And he's not going to have all that pressure um, alongside him because he has the people around him in terms of Odell and Jarvis. And now Austin Hooper and David Njoku to where they have so many weapons. They can interchange so many things. We're forgetting about Kareem Hunt, who, um, you know, is on his tender right now. But he can he's one of the best pass-catching running backs you know, in the entire NFL. So we have so many weapons. And again, to your point, Fitz, how you mentioned, there comes a time where you have, you know, you can quote unquote have too much talent. Um, you know, we're forgetting some of these big name guys. So I really do think that if Higgins, you know, he's, he, I, I can strongly say that he's that missing puzzle piece that the Cleveland Browns need. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, that's all the time we have today. Uh, thank you for listening to the first ever episode guys. Uh, Grant, Jack, thanks for, thanks for coming on. And, uh, Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Had a great time. Jake was amazing.